The following is a hoop ball presentation. Welcome to the Fantasy NBA Today podcast. Could this be it? Could this be it? October 9th. October 9th. I know I'm repeating myself this morning. Could this actually be the true end of the 2019-2020 basketball season? A season that almost stretched for a full calendar year? A season that saw a pandemic break from March to April to May to June to the end of July? Unbelievable. And here we are. Lakers have a chance to grab the title tonight against the Miami Heat. An overmatched Heat team just from a talent perspective, but a vastly overachieving Heat team from a maximizing talent perspective. I think what we've seen from Miami in this playoff run is one of the most impressive performances by an underdog maybe ever because some teams have been upstart like the we believe warriors who toppled the number one seeded mavericks and then promptly got creamed by the jazz there have been teams that have had upsets before but miami every step of the way through these playoffs has really out out thought and outplayed their opposition up to the lakers The Lakers, Miami, finally kind of running into a buzzsaw where they got a team that was not only more talented, but also maybe, if you don't want to say all the way as good schematically, but close. They got the the good team that was also cerebral and making adjustments. Because for Miami's sake, so, sorry, they got the great team. Lakers are a great team. They have two transcendent talents on their roster. Miami has one... Very, very good wing in Jimmy Butler, who's, a, I would say, a top 10 player in the NBA. And Bam Adebayo, who's absolutely up-and-coming star center, but you know, not even in the same ballpark as an Anthony Davis or a LeBron James, or even a Jimmy Butler, frankly, his own teammate. And somehow they've taken that with sharpshooting Duncan Robinson and now injured Goran Dragic, who was playing pretty well in the playoffs he was playing extraordinarily well early in the playoffs, and then teams started to take him out of what he liked to do best. Boston really did a nice job of, of slowing Goran Dragic. But every step of the way, they've just been more clever than their opposition, whether it's running zones against Boston when they weren't ready to counter it, whether it was how they were moving their offense and Boston wasn't able to deal with that. Certainly, I bring up Boston a couple times because they were, without a doubt, Miami's biggest challenge up to the finals. Because Boston, also a a relatively well-coached team by Brad Stevens, also with a a, a pretty good amount of talent, probably I would argue more than Miami had, but they got beat. Didn't take all seven for that one. Miami clocked Milwaukee, just a team that had a ton of talent and absolutely no adjustments. None. Completely outgamed in the playoffs. How, How Coach Bud is still in Milwaukee is just... The question to end all questions. The fact that they just had no 
And maybe it's on Giannis. Maybe that's why Bud is still there. Maybe ownership is like, look, like let me let me talk to everybody on this team and get the real skinny. Maybe the real skinny is that Giannis doesn't know how to do other stuff yet. And it's not that he can't space the floor because there's actually a way for them to have countered what Miami was doing without Giannis having to space the floor himself. I mean, LeBron is not that great of a three-point shooter, and yet at the point of attack... They're not that dissimilar, guys, that like to put their head down and get to the rim. Giannis, more athletic than LeBron in that regard right now. Better than LeBron when he gets right to the bucket. Because Giannis can dunk from 80 feet away right now. LeBron used to be able to do that. Now he can still, I mean, don't get me wrong, LeBron's still a freak of nature. But athletically, Giannis is is probably number one in the NBA right now, and he just never figured it out, or the Bucks never figured it out, or whatever the case, somehow they still have the same makeup. I, I mean, maybe, maybe that'll all happen after the finals are over, but there's been a lot of time now to reflect on if the Clippers weren't the biggest disappointment of these playoffs, the Bucks certainly have to take that title, right? All these trophies on the mantle for Giannis and a second-round exit to the five-seeded Heat. A team that they should have beaten with their eyes closed if they had any idea how to deal with a playoff defense. They had a whole year to figure it out after what happened against Toronto. Embarrassing. Absolutely embarrassing. But whatever. Sidetracked though we may be, this could be the end. And certainly, you know, by all probabilities, the NBA season will probably end this weekend. It could go as late as the 13th. That would be Tuesday if it went that far. But that would be pretty surprising. The line tonight brought to you by our buddies at mybookie.ag. Sign up today and get a 100% deposit match bonus using promo code HOOPBALL on the third screen of sign up. Sign up uh, is easy. Step one, put in your login credentials. Step two, put in your address and phone number. Step three, put in a promo code. That's it. That's all you got to do. And, and maybe I shouldn't mention this, uh, I watched the Dodgers-Padres game on my bookie last night. I don't know. Are they publicizing that? I don't have the MLB network. I used to. I canceled it when COVID hit in March. So I was like, look, there's, why, why do I need the MLB network right now? There's not going to be any games for at least the third of a year. Um, but my bookie had the game. They had it available. I watched Dodgers Padres last night while I was taking care of a bunch of children and then long after they went to bed because, you know, MLB playoff games take a long time. So my bookie's got streams. They've got deposit match bonuses. They have intermittent odds boost promos. We doesn't look like we have one this weekend. I found another thing, actually, that my bookie had uh, yesterday in a, in a daze while I was waiting for, I think, dinner to, to finish cooking. Uh, my bookie also has free entry blackjack tournaments where there are actual cash prizes. And I don't know, I, you know, it wasn't it wasn't actually something that I went into this expecting to play, but then it said I had a message. So I went to my messages on my bookie and one was like, hey, do you want to enter this blackjack tournament? And I was like, no. And then it was like, it's free. And then I was like, yes. <laughs> So yesterday alone, uh, and you know the, these 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 tournaments, and and I don't know, but some of you guys that listen to this podcast are like, I don't really bet on sports, but I'm betting most of you guys have played a round of twenty one in your life. There's no, there's nothing to lose. 
it looks like they have a blackjack tournament every Thursday. They also had a, a larger one. And so basically what they offered up, and I didn't even, again, I didn't even know this until yesterday. This is not part of what they are telling us to push here as part of this partnership, but I thought it might be fun for you guys to know about is they, they basically give you like a thousand dollars, not I'm putting that in quotes. That's a thousand sort of fabricated dollars. And, and then it becomes a grow your bankroll tournament. So you can bet whatever you want of that on a blackjack hand. And the tournament runs for 24, 48, or 72 hours. And basically, the, you know, the top 10 winners in points, whatever you want to call it, my bookie bucks, at the end, when time runs out on the tournament, get actual dollar prizes. It might be more than that, actually. I didn't, I didn't dig as deep as I probably should have because I signed on to the Thursday one at like 10 p.m., out here and so I had two hours if I wanted to to try to catch up with people that had probably been doing it for 22 hours already and so I thought all right well I'm just gonna put the max bet on everything and hopefully I get crazy lucky and just win like 20 30 wagers in a row needless to say I lost my money very quickly but that's because I didn't have any time if I had known about it earlier in the day I could have been sort of dinking doinking my my way along uh trying to ride Whatever it's it's fully randomized shoe. It's not like you have to wait for somebody to shuffle, but uh, I think there was a way to win like a hundred or two hundred bucks with that thing by again free entry. And then the other tournament they had going was an even larger set of cash prizes. That one ran over three days, I believe. And knowing myself, I don't have time for a tournament to run for three days. I, I can't play a, a tournament for three days. I have too many things going on in my life. So I did the same thing. I just maxed out my bet a bunch of times. I won a few hands. I lost a few hands. And then eventually I, I, I lost my, my, my bookie points or whatever you wanted to call it I was playing with. Uh, but some of you guys might log in and just get lucky. In fact, next time I'll probably do the same thing. I'll just max bet it. Hope I win 10, 15 hands in a row and get insanely lucky. And then just sign off for the rest of the day. And when the timer runs out, hopefully suddenly I'll have 20 or 30 actual dollars that just gets dropped into my account. So another amazing way to win actual U.S. dollars with zero risk. It's not an odds boost. It's free casino tournaments. I love it, man. I love the fact that these websites are competing for our dollars right now. So sign up now. You can play in those. I think you can play in those even if you don't make a first deposit, but I would still do so. Uh, $25 is the minimum Bitcoin deposit. $45 is the minimum credit card deposit. And get yourself ready for the next MyBookie odds boost. Play some free blackjack tournaments along the way. That, by the way, is the reason to open up an account today instead of when I figure out the next odds boost time. You're like, well, why shouldn't I do it? Just wait and do it when the odds boost happens. Just do it now, and then you can play in all these free contests along the way. I'm in a free Survivor contest in the NFL. They have a free uh, $100,000 Super Contest entry. There's all these things you can do while you're waiting for great bets or odds boosts to pop up. So that's why you shouldn't wait. Go to mybookie.ag, sign up now. Promo code is HOOPBALL. I didn't promo them yesterday, so I wanted to make sure I gave them a little extra love today. Uh, the line for tonight, the Lakers favored by seven with a total of 216. The last ball game on Tuesday, Lakers were favored by seven and a half. The total was 217 and a half. The game went under by 20 points. Lakers did not cover, thanks to a Tyler Hero desperation three with two and a half seconds left that didn't change the game, but did, did change the cover. I think the line is pretty close. A few things that jumped out to me in that last ball game. Uh, Lakers did a wonderful job on Miami defensively. I don't know that the Heat have a ton of things they can do differently uh, from an offensive perspective. There are counters 
to what the Lakers were running, which, by the way, Lakers actually ran some stuff that the Heat were running defensively, meaning if someone was running a pick and roll and the Lakers didn't really want to switch it, there's a way to send a body to sort of push the ball handler away from the bucket, while at the same time, if the roll man isn't a big guy, it's very hard to get the ball to that dude. So that was something we saw the Heat doing quite a bit, was setting screens with smaller guys to try to get Jimmy Butler on to a weaker defender, and then he could maybe run something. But the Lakers did a really nice job, uh, LeBron and X, whoever else was, was dealing with this, of pushing Butler away with whoever the other defender was, like a Rondo or a KCP or someone too small, basically, to handle Butler. And then, because the role man was probably like a Tyler Hero uh, or a Jay Crowder, the pass from Butler to that guy would have had to sort of float through the air. There wasn't a lob opportunity. You couldn't quickly get it to a big man who could survey the floor, and the Lakers were able to, to recover, similar to what the Heat are doing to try to keep LeBron from picking on their weaker defenders. So yes, both teams could probably attack that particular defense a little bit differently, but overall, both teams now have kind of taken the opposition out of their first, second, third things that they're doing. The difference right now is that the Lakers have two superstars. They have two that require to you to respect them at every place on the floor. The Heat don't have even one of those guys. Jimmy Butler is a bad three-point shooter. It's not that he's not good. He is actively bad. And so the Lakers don't have to guard him all the way to the three-point line, where LeBron is not a good three-point shooter, but he's not bad. And that's a big difference, by the way. Just, you know, that little qualifier being not bad versus bad. LeBron this year uh, shot 34.5%, almost 35% actually from three-point land. So, like, pretty decent. Not a, not a gunner from downtown, but 2.2 out of 6.3. That's a respectable mark from downtown. So the, the Heat have to guard him to the three-point line. If, if he's out there taking three-pointers from a step beyond the line, the Heat are fine with that. That's not a 35% proposition anymore. In a, in a wonderful world, that's probably more like 30. Jimmy Butler, meanwhile, 24.5% from three-point land. He's never been a good three-point shooter, and his attempts have basically trended down since he left Minnesota. He only took 2.7 in Philly in part of a season last year, and he only took 2.1 per game in Miami this season. Some of those will go down because 24% is not zero. He's going to make one out of every four, roughly. But basically, the Lakers are saying, look, we don't really have to guard you to the three-point line. We can give you room, and if you decide to pull up, we'll just sort of hedge forward and get a hand in your face. So the Lakers can stay closer to the rim and stay closer to other Miami Heat offensive players than the Heat can on the opposite side. Similarly, at center, with the Lakers going small, either with Anthony Davis or Markeith Morris or a combination of those guys, they have to be respected to the three-point line as well. Adebayo does not. And then you say, well, what about Kelly Olynyk? Yeah, but you don't really have to respect Kelly Olynyk as a power driver. He has some clever moves going to the rim, but the Lakers, you saw, they actually used smaller defenders on Olenek, and that bugged him more than big guys because he couldn't go around them. They chased him off the three-point line, and then he was worried, you know, trying to get around smaller guys. He was going to lose the basketball. 
Seven-footer, even Olenek, who's, who's relatively agile, he's not going to get through a bunch of small guys going from the three-point line. And he doesn't have a post-up game. The Lakers have the two best players in the series, and at the end of the day, when both teams are taking away the first, second, third options on the opposite side, the Lakers just have more options they can go to. Their third best offensive option is better than the Heat's third best offensive option. And I don't mean player. I don't mean like the third best player on the team. I'm talking about the third best thing they can do at the offensive end of the floor. It's why the Lakers ended up with a truckload of wide-open three-pointers, and the Heat took harder shots in that last game. And I think we probably see that, or generally that, happen again tonight. And that's roughly why. So, one thing that always does worry me a little bit is trying to gauge whether or not I'm falling into a trap of some kind. The line on that last ballgame was 217. The final score was, as I mentioned, about 20 points lower than the line, and yet the line for this ballgame is only about two points lower. So what is it exactly that people think is going to happen that I don't think is going to happen? Is it because the previous game was 219, and the game before that was 238? Is that... Is that what I'm missing? And the game before that was 214, and so people are, are reticent to say, oh, well, what we saw on Tuesday, that's the new norm? Or is there an expectation that the Lakers go buck wild on their open three-pointers and the Heat come up with some sort of magical new offense that the Lakers haven't seen them run yet in game five that they're comfortable with? And that's the thing. Like, there's always counters to things that a defense is doing, but the reason and this is for both teams, have been really smart in this series. The reason these teams are doing what they're doing is to try to force the other club to do things they're less comfortable with. Sure, Miami can run some stuff on offense. That's a good counter for what the Lakers have figured out defensively, but it's not something Miami likes doing. They're out of their comfort zone. So even if they end up with slightly better looks in this ballgame, it's not going to be ones they wanted. The things they want are the things they're... They're trying to get right now and give the Lakers a ton of credit. They've, they've made life incredibly difficult because they've, they've figured out they've taken strengths away. And again, Miami's done the same thing. Like, I didn't see the Lakers getting that many open shots more than Miami. Overall, they had easier shots in the heat. Uh, their Lakers are, are generally going to be the more formidable team in the rebounding department, particularly the offensive rebounding. I mean, there's a way looking at that last ball game that, that that score could have been even lower if the teams cut down on offensive rebounds. Free throws, is that a possibility? Yeah, I mean, I guess there's a way that both teams could get like 10 more free throws each in this next ball game. But look, that's not you don't just add 20 points that way because they're not going to make all of them. And some of those are replacing a shot that might have been a made shot. So even if you added that, you're still, to me, there's still room going under this number. So I, my handicap tells me this one should go under again. The way it gets out of hand is if the game opens up. If somebody gets out to a, a 12 to 15 point lead, and then the opposition has to change what they're doing. I just, I don't see that happening. And that last ball game was really close. Lakers were up a few points most of the way through. This one's probably going to be similar to that. LeBron is going to be in maximum LeBron mode trying to close this thing out. He's going to be 
you know, willing his teammates to get to that level with him. Defensively, I think the Lakers have a good idea of what they want to do in terms of keeping guys out of foul trouble early and then locking down as the game moves along. It's why I don't trust the side, because I do think points are going to be at a bit of a premium in this one. I also think there's a possibility that the final score could be very close to the seven-point spread and could move on either side, depending on a you know Tyler Hero three-pointer or a free throw or whatever it happens to be. You won't see that free throw at the end of, of, uh, of a closeout game, or a three-pointer, I should say. If the Lakers are up eight with like five or six seconds left, the Heat will most likely just start congratulating. It's a little different when the series is ending. So my handicap for this ballgame has us going under again. Uh, I think you're looking at a total more like 205. I think we have a pretty good amount of wiggle room there, even if somebody gets hot. Like, say, what if Markeith Morris goes four for five from downtown in this ballgame? They're giving him wide open three-pointers. That's part of what they're giving up with the way the Heat are playing defense. They're They're scrambling. They're trying to cover the paint to keep LeBron out of it. And that allows Lakers shooters to move out towards the perimeter. Generally, the bigger ones are going to have more success with getting open because the bigger Miami defenders are the guys trying to clog the paint and struggling speed-wise to get back out to the perimeter. Markeith Morris was open the entire ball game. Like, they just, they, they, they just leave him. They've left him alone. And they, he didn't really burn them in the last ball game. This was one of the Markeith's... Uh, rare, colder ones, but it was Sunday was similar. I mean, it, it wasn't that fluky that he had 19 points and five three-pointers in the Lakers' loss on Sunday. They're letting him be a lead guy in the Lakers' offense, and he has to prove every game that he can get there. So even if he gets hot, I don't think it changes the outcome all that much. There's, there's, it's going to be a struggle. It's going to be a fight on both sides. I, again, like I said, I think the final total is probably more in the 205 to 210 range. That gives us a handful of possessions of value. I lean hard to the under in this game and no lean on the side. And that's our handicap for what could be the, uh, the last game of the season. It's remarkable, I know. And so I'll just leave you with that. If the season ends on Monday, we'll do a little bit of a season recap, and then we'll start transitioning into the next phase of our existence here in this NBA universe, and that's looking at the uh, the draft order. Draft order, draft prospects. We'll get some voices on this show that actually know this stuff, and that'll be a lot of fun. <laughs> the postmortem on this season is going to be super weird. This two-parter, two-part season jammed together. Time is short. That's the way the week has been for your friend Dan Bespris here on Fantasy NBA Today. Hold the fantasy. Thanks so much for listening this week. Shorter shows, I know. Uh, We'll be back to closer to normal next week. I mean, whatever normal is this year. Uh, Dan Bespris, you can find me on Twitter at D-A-N-B-E-S-B-R-I-S or just Google searching Dan from HoopBall. At HoopBall Tweets, if you want to check that out. The box score breakdown is out first thing this morning uh, with Dave Brad and Mark, Marcus, excuse me, Dave, Brad, and Marcus handling the, the bill on that one. That's awesome. Uh, also, your friend Dan Vespers here, two-time winner of the DraftKings Prop Contest. Pretty excited about that. We get to make a charitable donation. We can talk a little bit more about that next week. I think we'll be in cruise control next week. 
on this podcast. Have a great weekend, everybody. We uh, will talk about it. Maybe a, a crowned champion when we get back. If not, maybe there will be a game seven. Who knows? Anything is possible in Mick World. So long, everybody. Have a again. Have a great weekend. I'm Dan Vasquez. We'll talk to you then. This has been a Hoop Ball presentation.